and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a podcast in which we capitalise on Ivanka having the same Twitter handle as the daughter of the world's worst man. Ooh, very good. <laughs> Who's in town, in my town, not Ivanka's town, but in my town of London today, hence that chant at the start. Um, my name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. And this week we're going to talk about protest, protesting, dissent, freedom of speech, all that kind of thing. And basically just let's talk about, you know, do we think it's effective? Like, do you ever worry that Donald Trump will listen to this podcast and have us killed? No. Okay, well, all right, well, let's just, let's go into it. So how was your week, Michael? Are you going to tell me about your week first? Yeah, all right. I'll tell you, I was in Milan all week. I had a relatively relaxed time, Uh, watched a bit of telly, went to uh, some restaurants, Um, tried to just give my brain a rest, I suppose. Um, So it's pretty uneventful week, although uh, I didn't get my payout on my travel insurance. That um, Oh, no. That uh, because I hadn't actually left the country when my uh, my passport got stolen, so I don't get no money back for that. So that was an expensive holiday, and um, I was just thinking in terms of last week's episode, we talked about self awareness. We didn't really touch self consciousness versus self awareness. Oh. So sort of like self con like self awareness is good, but sometimes that can mutate into self consciousness, which is sort of a you know if you're too self conscious. Um, that can be a real a real suppressing factor, and it's certainly one I've suffered from. So, um, yeah, and even, like, self-consciousness slash narcissism are, are some things we didn't really touch on, but I, I don't know if we have to go into great detail on it right now at all. I just, I just thought we hadn't really mentioned it. This week, to me, I haven't really had time much time for reflection on last week's episode because it's been a roller coaster ride hasn't it what with the the um government sort of having yet another i don't know what should we call it another little breakdown young boris there throwing his toys out of his cot yeah. uh resigning in a very distasteful way really his letter <laughs> where he said we'll be reduced to a colony says oh he's just so that he's just awful he's just an awful man and you want to be the colonists yeah what a like like, well it just it just shows the delusion it just shows the delusion of this kind of nationalism this idea that britain is some sort of powerhouse of something it's what it is when it's part of something big you know i don't know if you remember that there's a whole thing where people were calling ivanka trump a feckless on twitter and Mm. um I think Boris Johnson sort of embodies that kind of uh, just feckless lack of responsibility. Um, he Etonian reality distortion just field. A total, you know, he was host. He was as the foreign secretary of the United Kingdom mm. was hosting 
a conference convention, something on the Western Balkans, an mm. area of the world that I feel <laughs> really great affinity <laughs> towards. And, you know, people, delegates had come from these recently warring states and the host woke up in the morning and went, nah, I don't want to go to work today. Oh, I'm going to resign. I think I'll quit today. That's what I'm going to do today. Like I'll quit, quit, and won't. In a way, like I feel like if I if I quit, I make every effort to hand over smoothly and kind of like almost I work harder to quit so yeah. that I I don't kind of disrupt things too much. He's just like let yeah. it fall in the uh, in the water. Who cares? I see our podcast as a protest. Okay. Because we are not being quiet, mm. not ignoring, it's... not yeah. accepting. We yes. are not accepting, you know, we are not accepting the state of affairs in the world. We may not have found the best and most effective way to respond to the state of the world, but we are actively seeking it out. Yeah, and we're, I think this is an effective way to keep thinking about it. Yeah, so. it's like a very long brainstorming session. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a long and drawn-out brainstorming session. Uh, I see the fact that we, you know, we, we on, on now, now we have our podcast grand Twitter channel thing, you know, we, we try and put some things on there and links to things and books and things that help keep everybody who follows us, who is interested, we try and... You know, you'll think about, uh, what was it, foraging for truth truffles last week. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. Here's some things. I think this is a form of protest, but then perhaps we should define protest. Yeah, I guess it's just making yourself visible and heard in a way that you hope that will be hard to ignore. Yeah, because you, you have, um, like, the scales of protest, isn't there? There's, like, or, or there is, you know, there's people that dedicate their whole lives and sacrifice everything to protest an ideal. So you take or protest something and try and change something. So you've got all the, all the big names. Martin Luther King, Gandhi, you've got Emmeline Pankhurst, you've got Millicent Fawcett, you've got uh, people who just dedicate their whole life to changing something and then you've got then there's not everybody can do that is driven to do that wants to do that I mean what would the world be like if everybody was that driven got it depends how different their opinions were I suppose <laughs> um it's like I, I guess they're 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 kind of the tip of the iceberg you'd hope of of a lot of people unable to really express why the status quo is so undesirable is so what's the word the status quo is so fucked yeah then un unable to talk about it so but then you sort of find someone that like eventually someone comes through that can really explain it and talk about it and um take action on rally people lead because I, I think well, i was i was listening to an episode of the guilty feminist this week i've had a little you know um binge listened to quite a few episodes okay. and um there was one that was an amnesty international fundraiser supporting blah blah, blah. and then mm. i mean deborah francis white is very vociferous on the subject obviously of feminism and women's rights but also refugees 
Um, and listening to her, the episode I was listening to, it was Mothers and Daughters was the episode. And uh, therefore the Me Too, you know, obviously it was Guilty Feminist. So the, the hashtag Me Too came into conversation. And one of the things that was, that I think makes them a, they are, you know, they are a, it's a protest podcast, a weekly protest podcast, because it's actually very empowering to women, I think, because it makes it easier in your day to day to go, no, I'm not, no, you can't talk to me like that. Because you, you know, mm. it's like so. So given, I think in there, in that regard, when she's got such a massive audience and she gets, you know, she's she's completely dedicated. Um, I think that is a form of protest, as well as comedy and art and and everything else. But it's it is a protest, but it's not yeah, going it's on the streets be... and banging a saucepan. Yeah, well, and it's more entertaining than straight protests. So people don't just kind of go, oh, this is tiring, yeah, can't be bothered with this. Yeah, or, you know, you need to kind of dram it, tidy it up, tart it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Choose a gendered... Uh... <laughs> That's true. See, look, you've become much more conscious. I didn't even pick that up as a gendered <laughs> sound like that. <laughs> it's um, to do with cooking, isn't it? <laughs> the, uh, but, you know, also the sort of... Uh, the sort of marching on the streets type protesting mm. is, for some people, it's quite scary sometimes. Right. I've been on, you know, I've, having done my fair share of marches, sometimes you're like, oh, uh, there's a bit of a, you know, frisson of tension coming over from over there. And uh, especially if you go things like May Day marches or student marches, um, mm. they can... So there's something that off, the the nice thing though I'd say about sort of things like this women's march and the stop the war march that happened that was a much more a family family event <laughs> and the Brexit marches they're much more sort of like multi generational um, kind of they're not your you know angry pro and why is that bad I mean you people what's wrong with being angry. Um, it's important to be angry. I mean, that's isn't that kind of the main emotion? That so, what I find weird about marching is that I, I sort of feel weird about when everyone seems to be having fun because I feel like everyone should be angry. I feel like everyone should be like, Aah! but I mean, I guess that's not super productive. Um, my other like, I mean. The marches I've been on, I've been on a few, probably not as many as you. Um, I've always felt like, especially when maybe there isn't some, you know, pre kind of all the Brexit and, and all the real kind of focusing things. Uh, often I've found it weird that you go on a march and it seems like people are marching for all different things. Well, yeah. And I just sort of feel like, shouldn't it, how can it be effective if you're marching for 57 different causes well i mean i did see i saw a tweet from hugo rifkin this morning talking about um who should he march with because mm. you know it's like some of the some of the march organizers he doesn't necessarily agree with their policies either and mm. somebody responded well go with the women's march then because you know that's the the most high level um cause even though the sort of different people 
have different ideas of how to achieve women's equality, how to protect women from thinking of the variety that Trump espouses. Um, mm. But ultimately, um, there is a, a common thread that is broadly acceptable. It's like, you know, did you, did you see the woman, uh, a, a young woman activist was on the telly with Piers Morgan and he was just shouting over her in an arrogant, shitty way and she just turned to him and was like, don't you get it? I'm a communist, you idiot. <laughs> and, it's like, it's like, and it's like, you know, I complete, I may not be a communist, but I, agree, I will support her women's rights activism and her protesting against Donald Trump. I don't have to sort of go, but I have to agree on... I think she was on The Guilty Feminist, that episode where we talked about the fact that they weren't agreeing with each other. Right. So like, oh, hang on a minute, we're all fem feminists, but there's quite a bit of stuff we don't agree on. Um, mm, that's a problem because everyone's a, when everyone's a person. Yeah, <laughs> it is a big problem. But, um, <laughs> it's like, oh, but you're all women. Yeah, you should all. Well, you're different. Don't understand. Uh... You're all women that think you're that you're people. So why don't you all think exactly the same thing? Like men all think exactly the same thing. <laughs> so do they? Do they do anything? Protests. I, 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 I will I will start by saying in in my local area we recently discovered there's a, this art studio they've done a couple of open days and I went we were walking around and I found myself in the sort of office of this filmmaker who directed this film that took a long time called We Are Many uh, which is all about the anti-war protests back sort of you know the Tony Blair era. Yeah. Um, war anti-war marches and his I think the takeaway from it was that it did kind of work eventually but my my feeling was always that that kind of did nothing and I sort of feel like that about a lot of the time you kind of have to turn up you have to be one of the throng but then it, it seems awfully easy to ignore that sort of like good-natured daytime like maybe maybe people aren't necessarily all on the same page about what they're marching for. Didn't it, it seemed to me like it didn't really work, even, you know, maybe it did sort of eventually cause a little bit of a sea change, but it didn't stop the war. No, it didn't. <laughs> I think there's two sides to protesting, though. One is the need to do something. For example, one of the reasons I, wore, you know, I went on a, on a Stop the War march or I go on a Brexit march is because I want the new... I want, A, when somebody asks me, where were you on that day? I want to be mm. able to say, oh, look, I, I tried. <laughs> you know, I did something. I went to march. I was like, you know, that's one of the arguments I had with a, a, some people at the time of the stop. I was like, what, why are you doing that? I was like, well, when my kid asked me what I was doing when... Tony Blair was taking us to war. I want to be able to look him in the eye and say, I went and marched, I protested, I, I did what I could. Um, you know, I wrote to my MP, I wrote to the Prime Minister. But what can you do, really? What can we do about the fact that Donald Trump is the President of the United States of America and Theresa May is the Prime Minister of the UK. That's what she is right now. That's what he is right now. And all we can really do is register our 
the you know, dissatisfaction with that current status. I mean, what what else can you do? Yeah. You can't, you know, if you really that's that's really about as much as you can do. You can prepare. You can help. I spoke to an American this morning. I I, I messaged one of my American friends. I was like. Who should I give money to? I can't go on the protest today, so I'm gonna. I want to make a donation to an American charity in Trump's name. <laughs> I was like, "Is Planned Parenthood the one to choose?" She said, "Yeah, that's a good idea." And then she said, "We're really campaigning for a blue wave in November, which would be in America that a flip to the Democrats." Okay. It's because they've got whatever they call them, midterms, right, yeah. or is that an, is that okay. a university term, a school term in America? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no midterms. They have some elections that, yeah. in November, so they. Um, so I mean, that's all you can do in this democratic process, uh, where you know there's an election, some people win. You may or may not agree with that swing, so therefore you'll either go, "Yay, rejoice! Let's try and make it stay this way," or you go and go, "No, no, 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 no I'm not happy about this." I'm going to make sure I'm being loud enough about it so that next time people get a chance to vote, I have done my best to make sure they vote the way I think is right. There's there's scales to protesting, so you sort of can you can sort of march in a like a positive spirit and then there's people that espouse like direct action as the only way to really kind of get people's attention um which my understanding is you you, you like break stuff right well <laughs> well i think the suffragettes these days would have been termed terrorists they used to right. smash things up and then so the next level is you know when when does it become rioting and like and you know and uh, we, we certainly don't have martyrs for our cause you know in this in this climate so does that mean things aren't really as bad as they could be because you haven't really got people that need to die for anything and and is dying for something actually maybe maybe it doesn't actually help unless you because this all comes down to the the press as well and because you, you you don't get theresa may kind of coming out of number 10 going oh hello everyone no. oh you seem all very unhappy that never happens and i kind of feel like there should be a law that they have to come out and face <laughs> face the <laughs> so crowd because you're like have rotten okay, tomatoes well, thrown at them well, well yeah uh, and yeah. All, all the press like need to and it seems like a lot of these riots always seem to be quite underreported and not riots the Protests, marches yeah. seem to be quite and that's like that's what you know you want i hope trump sees that video i i think some people are dying like there's that that mm. um woman she got a pla somebody plowed into a crowd of protesters and killed her oh yeah yeah i mean you that's know, is that's <laughs> That's the stuff that happens that makes... I, I spoke last time about being, you know, slightly nervous going protesting in London on now yeah. that subjects are, you know, it's quite... I have responsibilities now. I'm not, you know, 25 <laughs> and, you know, with no, no dependents. I think sacrificing your life, I'm sorry to say that I can't, I can't do that. I don't, you know, yeah. that's not... But And thankfully, I think maybe to some extent you're right that... As it stands today, there is no need to do that. But I don't know if that's going to... The current processes that are in place are not the same as they were where, you know, you had a, a, a ruler, a king, and who, you know, could just crack on with things. So you did have to have a revolt because you weren't going to get a chance to vote again. Mm, there's no system. So there's no system for change, whereas now there is a system for change. Apparently I was reading somewhere that 
and I, I must look into this properly, that government has granted itself basically Henry VIII-type powers for doing some of this Brexit negotiation so that they are... They go outside of the democratic process. That I've not seen. I only saw it phrased that way this How week. Ironic. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, what's hello? going on? And then, uh, yeah, I don't, I think it's a so yeah. I mean that that sort of direct action thing. I don't know because I don't think it gains sympathy from the general population. Mm. And actually, what we want is sympathetic open minds in the general population if we're going to change their minds if you know anti-brexit protests go through london smashing it up that fuels the division well and the alt-right uh kind of will pounce on anything where they sort of think oh look the left are being violent the left are doing that they are really like jumping on that every opportunity but, um, you know, in a very much a double standard in a way that they don't seem to be jumping on the guy that literally ploughed into people and killed them, like, during their kind of alt-right yeah. so-called rally in which, you know, their protests to not take down a, a statue. racist yeah, yeah, statue. Yeah. Like, you know, they're hardly sort of fighting oppression. No. It's like they're fighting losing a little bit of ground to fairness and equality. So I saw someone's kind of like pro-Brexit. I saw someone with like a, like 13 points about everything that's wrong with the EU um, in some sort of Brexit thread. And I just wanted to like read through it. It's Well, someone posted this tweet. Uh, Brexit is such a shit idea that everyone associated with it keeps quitting and then they when they realise how fucked we are, just so they can't be blamed for how shit it'll be. How about we sod it off instead of holding a nation hostage because a third of the population got tricked by a bus? Which is, you know, a yeah, fun yeah, tweet. Yeah. And then I, this guy, so much populist, so much neoliberalism, so much sycophancy in this fake narrative. Um, one, it wasn't a third of the population. Two, the idea that leave voters are all stupid and were tricked by a bus is neoliberal propaganda. Three, the euro has been a disaster for everyone except, except Germany and France. Just, doesn't sound right. Um, all the great socialists in this country have been harsh critics of the EU since its conception. OK, I guess you're defining great socialists as something I don't understand. There's 16 points. Right. <laughs> Five, the EU actively fights against democratic reform and is very right wing. Like, how do you argue with that? It's like, I mean, isn't it implicitly... What is what does right wing mean to you then? If that if you can say that, right, yeah. Six. The EU likes to let migrants drown in the sea and privileges white Europeans over other refugees and immigrants. So they're sort of like this guy's sort of like, oh, the EU is actually the racist one and the one that's what yeah. like. Um, EU supports censorship, heavy copyright laws and centralising power into institutions run by unaccountable and unelected bankers and plutocrats. I mean, it's so like tangled in on itself at this point like what is this but how do you even start to EU supports Spanish nationalists over Catalan leftists EU harbours right wing anti-immigrant populists and allows them to gain popularity by 
actively persecuting the left. 10. The EU is a corporate lobbying club moving to the right to pander to anti-immigration rhetoric. Is it? Um, 11. The EU is against nationalisation and is full of Tories. 12. The EU is pro-austerity and as a uh, form of punishment in the bloc. EU fucked Greece and Italy big time, apparently. The narrative that the vote to leave is purely a right-wing phenomenon is propaganda. But wait a minute, I thought you said... What what is right wing? You're against it. You're for it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and then finally, like then the narrative that idiots voted is classist and based on a sense of middle class entitlement. Whatever. The leader of the Labour Party. I mean, that's probably the fairest one. The leader of the Labour Party has been anti-EU his whole life, but has been forced into a weak position where he will be unable to push for democratic reform in the EU because the narrative has been taken over by centre-right Blairites and liberal imperialists who can't stop screeching about voters that they have a false perception about that is based on pseudo-intellectual middle-class exceptionalism. What could have been a great opportunity to push for reform and help socialism take hold again in the EU has been ruined by allowing the right wing to have a complete ownership of the narrative. I mean, what, what is going on with this person's perception? I don't understand. There is this underlying neoliberal, um, neoliberal being, by definition, sort of capitalist thread in the, in the thing like, things like the free movement of people. Mm. Because that increases competition and drive down jobs, but I don't, I don't know that the rest of it is true. I mean, Germany let in a million refugees in one go. Mm. What? How is this now the EU being? And yes, Tony Benn, being a big old socialist, British socialist, was always a critic of the EU. I don't know that criticism is necessarily a throw it away mm, yeah. campaign. Um, I think to be critical of anything is right. We all have our I criticisms mean, of the EU. I think cookie warnings are stupid. I don't think we should <laughs> fuck it off. I think GDPR off. is a bit of a, you know, a cack-handed implementation of a thing. But then, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I've got a... a but, you know, it's like uh, there's quite a few things where you're like, really? But if you're trying to get 500 million people and 27 countries to sort of club together to do something, yeah. I don't think that's easy. No, of course not. And there's going to be some fuck-ups along the way and there's going to be some progress. I don't believe that throwing away these institutions is the way forward. I mean... There's been quite a lot of criticism of the UN as well recently. It's mm. like, and that is not, mm. a f you know, yeah. a flawless, flawless institution. But it was founded off the back of two world wars. Yeah, like there, there has to be some kind of of reaction to. Hang on a minute, you know, we've had two world wars in the last twenty years. We need to do something, right? Let's all form a club. Mm. where we agree we're going to talk about talk about stuff before we start punching each other in the face it's like there's that people complain about institutions but the there's a very real way in which having a Hobbes Leviathan, having a very having some higher power thing in authority that does help mitigate a lot of the human behaviours that emerge when you kind of resort to tribalism and things like that. When people take the law into their own hands, when people, you know, kind of foster grudges against people over generate, you know, there's a lot of yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah. people will do if they have, you know, they'll have, they think they need a gun to protect themselves from something. Like there's yeah, a lot yeah. of not very nice human behaviours that 
unfortunately, like the the grand overarching umbrella is a really effective way of raising everybody's quality of life by kind of kind yeah. of like taking away a lot of the need to do those things. If you grant the state the right to the exclusive right to violence, that does kind of I don't really want to go back from that, which is kind of the opposite of that sort of um, libertarian ideals that are driving a lot of this sort of change at the moment. Like you don't, I, I, yeah, maybe it's not perfect, but you, you don't want to go back to that world where people take matters into their own hands all the time because that's no. fucked. No, no, no. I mean, this. I think there's there's a couple of things at play here. One is this guy sounds like whoever I'm assuming mm. it's a guy commenting yeah. based on. Um, Sort of from a leftist standpoint, to some extent. Like, ostensibly. Yeah. And there's one of the things that happened leading up to the referendum vote that I I ended up... I told you I sort of ended up uh, arguing with somebody online who is, you know, an art graduate, creative, digital type, la-la. And he was really hooked on sovereignty and really pushing for a leave vote. Mm. And I kept trying to argue with him and so did somebody else we used to work with who is British of British-Chinese descent. Mm. And I got this other friend on. I was like, what's, what's going on? Why is he voting leave you know why does he want to stand shoulder to shoulder with racists and he said well he's never experienced discrimination he doesn't understand what it's like to have somebody make a racial slur or a slur based on your gender or something like that it's like you know that's his problem and I think there is a bit of post referendum I know a number of socialists who voted leave Mm. and I ended up talking about another one of them with somebody else I was like I don't understand this is he's a clever guy why would he vote leave and he um you know all he's all it's done one of the biggest things it's done is given permission to racists Mm. and the person I was discussing it with is like, I don't think he understands who his friends are. And, you know, what we were talking about at the beginning of this, about the sort of hierarchy of things, is there is a hierarchy. And yes, I want to fix the world so everybody has at least a living wage, not a minimum wage, and everybody has access to education and everybody has access to food and water and all the things they need to flourish but we have to start somewhere. Racism is on the bo- bottom layer of this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So is discrimination against women. So is being anti-choice. So is being all these things at the bottom. It's like there's some shit that needs sorting out below which we mustn't allow ourselves to fall. And that's what is, that's the thing that I don't get. Yeah, I these. think people forget. It's easy to forget what you have. Um, it's easy to sort of... I mean, you call it taking it for granted, but it's it, it's it's easy to kind of mistake. I don't. Know, I'm thinking of it in terms of moving jobs or kind of quitting a job. You yeah. can sort of forget when you're trying to imagine an alternative situation. You sometimes you can forget that the money is doing something, or that, that you know you you've got certain freedoms that you know. I'm like, ah, oh, this job is not letting me be creative, and then I'm like, oh, I haven't got the money to buy records to sell. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just this kind of. It's hard to imagine yourself. It's hard to remember the things, those routine things. Right? Yeah. It's hard to remember the absence of people shouting racist stuff at you every day. Like, it's hard to remember the absence of money when you have a bit of money. Yeah, we're just not very good at imagining 
what it's going to be like if you take away those things that we take for granted right now and and maybe you know and you think oh well there's not maybe there's a, a couple of times that uh, liberalism makes me uncomfortable or maybe it's going a bit far let's throw it all away let's you know maybe the eu's being a bit annoying about something let's throw the whole lot away because we've forgotten that before we had that it was it was a pain in the ass to drive somewhere <laughs> yeah, well, there's a well, like to go on holiday. There's also buy or sell stuff, or but I mean, mm. there, there are a couple of threads in this. One, you know, you could have a whole debate of what the you know, if we go back to Maslow's hierarchy of need, food and shelter are the basic needs. Um, and I've just listed out, you know, Ray, yeah, we yeah, need yeah. to fight racism, we need to do all this. And I'm like, well, actually, you can't, you know, while whilst people are being racist and while while they are discriminating, they don't want to help other people because they somehow program them into their head as being lesser in mm, some way. Well, I mean, that, and you know, yeah. there's that sort of, which is why I think this kind of equality thing is so important. Mm. Um, but also this sort of because it's kind of like we're having two conversations at the same <laughs> time. But it's like this sort of throwing things away. It's the same thing with the way Britain represented the referendum and the way the Brexiteers have approached it. They have no plan. There is no plan. Yeah, they haven't if even you, attempted to imagine if, what this alternative no, looks they like. Have no, they've just gone, yeah, I don't want to play with you anymore and I'm going home. <laughs> oh, I've got no one to play with now. Eh, mummy. You know, it's like, yeah. it's just so unspeakably irresponsible yeah. that they would, it's like, you know, in my 20s, I have walked into work and go, fuck this, I don't want it anymore, resign. Yeah. But so what? The only person that's going to be hungry is me. Yeah. Now, as a grown-up, I have to discuss these things with my husband and go... Darling, I don't really like this job at the moment. What can we do? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, let's save up some money and then you could, you know, it's like, and then for, for somebody running a country yeah. a, to go, yeah, let's just see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You fucking selfish assholes. There was there was a very good Seinfeld uh, thing I saw a couple of days ago. He says people who have just eaten. Why do you give the bill to the people who have already eaten who can't imagine what it's like to be hungry? They're like, what is this? Why would? Why am I paying for all this food? <laughs> they, can, they can never imagine being... Everyone's mystified by the bill because they can't imagine what it's like to be hungry anymore. And it's sort of like, it's that same thing. Like You just can't really imagine what it's like to, to not have these things. So you just kind of go, well, what is this? What is this? This is very distasteful, this... Bill we're being given something um I think it seems like Trump would like it to be more like China or North Korea <laughs> definitely he'd like to he'd like to be able to point guns at protesters he'd like to be able to yeah. point you know he'd like to be able to use state violence against its citizens yeah. um yeah. which is obviously the most this if the state represents citizens then there is no more anti-democratic sentiment than that no. Um, but, you know, China has just, the, you know, the, the sort of maybe was all right, kind of, oh, I don't know, Xi, uh, what's his name, Xi, um, 
who's just kind of like regressed a lot of kind of um, systems but so he can just stay in power indefinitely now. Yeah, and it's forever. like, um, you can just, uh, you just really hope that the American, I mean, it's because it's a relatively recently conceived system, you'd hope it would be a little bit more capable of kind of fighting off one dictator. But yeah, like we, we can protest because the police will protect us because they're working yeah. for us. And we've said yeah. we said this before, but like, and and I think actually, like, I don't think Theresa May wants wants like some sort of autocratic kind of like fascist power the way Trump does. Um, no. But like America's the trouble is, es- there's this escalation. The citizens have guns, so the police have to have more guns, and like everyone's kind of on on a trigger of like resorting to violence in a way that we're very lucky not to have to fear too much although it is pretty heartbreaking that you know the sort of like inflated fear of terrorism now means that you do see police with huge guns on a fairly regular basis in london now yeah. and you just think well that can't ever lead to anything good can it like sticks are fine surely <laughs> like big clubs should be enough for 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 our society yeah that- Although you, you know, kettling when... is that whole thing, isn't it? That that yeah. you know that, that, that police do now. So it's yeah. never just... quite. They just corner them and yeah, and trap them until they such a point where they like you know need to go to the loo, get hungry, mm. thirsty, want to go home, and then they all go home. Right. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> That's they don't the idea. I think it was invented. They just like corner them. I think it was invented for the suffragettes. Right. By the you know, it's like right, we'll teach those women. <laughs> With their heavy ovaries, Oof, preventing God. them from thinking. Yay. <laughs> that was apparently one of the arguments given for why women shouldn't be given their, a vote. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that shit, isn't there? There's, there's always been this, um, like... If I can, like, summarise my issues with, like, modern protests that are maybe not too focused, is that a protest that is just expressing dissatisfaction with the status quo is doesn't seem like enough to me because you can't define something by what it is not. I want not this, you know, yeah. and as we've already talked about, like, I want not the EU. Well, what do you want? So I yeah. just think it's really, really important that if you're protesting that you have a vision of a better alternative that you are promoting rather than just saying, I don't like this. I think that that doesn't, there's a reason that, that doesn't do much it's because you're not what what are you supposed to do about that just okay i won't be i won't look well you know you need to find out what needs to change and and be promoting that don't you like what do you reckon well yeah i think that that having a clear goal Mm. is quite 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 um but i don't think people like i don't know if that if what's made you think is that a general comment or is that about protesting Trump's visit. No, I mean, it's fun to go fuck you, Donald Trump, but what does it accomplish? It makes him feel bad. Good. He should feel bad. Does it make him question his behaviour? I don't know if anything can. So what are we doing? Like, what... Other than giving fuel to right-wing media to say, look how childish the left are being... And and it also comes from this kind of discomfort with seeing a lot of people kind of like that they've all got their own little kind of pet peeve and they're all sort of produ- 
they're all doing their own thing in these, in not maybe so much now, there's a, a lot more focus on what we're kind of angry about. But I do find, yeah, like my, I want to protest, but like a, saying I want not this is not enough, is it? No, I think the part of the problem is that the not this is the progress we already have. So how do you stop? If not this is, I don't want women to be paid less than men. I don't want to be beaten up. I don't want to be killed. I don't want to be... Yeah, that's that's pretty easy to... Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, a pretty yeah. clear brief from your people. <laughs> All right? Um, but it's it's a lot harder as you get up that hierarchy. Like, it's it's easier to talk about the stuff that's lower down the pyramid because it's 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 clear whereas as we try and progress beyond that it's much harder to talk about what we want like what do how are we going to do universal basic income that's a difficult problem to solve so everyone just kind of regresses to talking about well maybe abortions i'm anti-abortion i'm anti-women i'm anti-brown people like instead because it's just an easier conversation to have yeah i think it's a um Going and shouting on the street is not the only form of protest. So mm. is what we haven't talked about are things like not buying things, not going things. You've got to stop funding hate T-shirt have, on. It's like the most you know, ineffectual protest in the world because <laughs> I'm, I'm not shopping at John Lewis, but I haven't really told them. Uh, so all, I'm, all that's happening is I'm not getting to go to John Lewis because I've said on like to lots of people that I'm not going to John Lewis. But but you're um, but you're still not giving them money. I think not giving people money is a active. Yeah, it's like, why have I... Like, oh, but they have no. to know why. Well, they, I'm sure they do know why. I don't think they know why I'm not giving them money. Yeah, but you're like one of many, and I think the whole thing... This is the same thing with the plastic thing. There is nothing wrong with you simply avoiding to go because you are not going to be the only one of you. You're not going to be mm. the only one saying no to plastic straw in a bar. You're not going to be... And it does make a difference, mm. I think. And if anything else, it makes you feel better <laughs> you're doing something. There is a bit of making yourself feel better when you're helpless. I think that, though, the of the many problems with Donald Trump is that it's he's taken the conversation back down to a base level. And maybe we need to go there because we haven't done our homework. We're not done. We have elected a man yeah. who said that he just grabs women by the yeah. pussy. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's like, that's it. Yeah, like we're not done. We're not done with these basics yeah, at the bottom. Yeah, we don't. We apparently still there are still lots of people that still have failed to grasp. No, my my, all you yeah. wonderful socialists out there that voted against the EU or for us to leave the EU out of some highfalutin reasons, full power to you. But there is some shit that needs sorting out that's still not sorted out that cannot be sorted out if we do this kind of like distracting ourselves with brexit bullshit while mm. we've got a country full of racist bigot misogynist tosses <laughs> it's mm. like we need to you know we're not done reading mm. that book that why i'm no longer talking to white people about race my goodness that is such an eye opener okay for like how recent how recently in British history there were, we had, and I can't think of a single example now, but you just sit, you just turn the page, you just go, no, no, no. Because you forget, I forget, I forgot, and I think I'm reasonably woke, as, as the saying goes, and got educated by parents and grandparents who were 
against this shit a long time ago. And you're reading the book and you go, oh, my God, I didn't realise. Oh, my, I didn't realise. Oh, really? 1989? <laughs> it's like... Yeah, like, when I was at school, there was, there was a lot of racist... Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I do so, remember you know. the riots in Birmingham because... You know, the early 80s. I was old enough to understand that some people had been rioting. I don't think I was old enough to understand the nuances. But I understood that it was to do with... I understood that it was to do with the the, in, the brown people, the Indians, mm. the Pakistanis, the mm. something. You know, that's how my childish remembrance of it. Yeah. And that's... But I think that book just brings it all home. It's like, no... This is very recent. No, mm. this is very recent. No, you know, it's like, oh, so... Um, mm. But, you so, know, we're, we're not done. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I, I, I guess I'll... Like, I will backtrack on my protesting clarity thing because I think not, not war is a very clear brief. I think, you know, not Trump is a difficult thing because, like, you know... Because it, it's not really just not Trump. It's not all the other things you listed... It's not everything he, he stands he, for. He stands for all these things. Donald, who hurt you? <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> who made you this way? Talk to me, Donald. I really do want to know why you're such a cunt. <laughs> Just talk to me. What did your father say to you that made you this way? There's a baby, if there ever was, that was left to cry. Yeah. And not picked up for cuddles. <sighs> Thank you for listening to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. You can find us in all the usual places and it would be marvellous if you could tell your friends to look for us and subscribe too. The easiest way is grandpodcast.com and then there's a subscribe button. Do hit that subscribe button. It does do something and it's. I've tried to make it as easy as possible with the programming. Um, you can email us hello at grandpodcast.com too if you want to invite us on a march give us some uh, feedback teach us some things mm. uh, where can people find you Ivanka mostly at Ivanka on Twitter you can find me at michaelforestmusic.com and yeah just tell your friends everyone and basically that's it for the week <laughs> basically we're we're pro protest I suppose. We are. We're pro-protest. Bye! Bye! Bye-bye-bye! Goodbye. See ya.